Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. He gets so crazy at times. It sounds like... You yell back at your radio. What are you talking about? What the hell? He gets so angry. You tweet to try and calm him down. Now, he gets an hour all to himself. It's Sparky's Midday Madness on the fan with Steve Sparky Pfeiffer. Presented by the Milwaukee Admirals. Visit them at milwaukeeadmirals.com. Sparky's Midday Madness on 1250 AM. The fan. C. Sparky Pfeiffer. Sam Schmitz, executive producer, other side of the glass, filling in for Adam Roberts today. Rami Makhlouf is off today. Toby Altizer, who filled in for me yesterday, in for Rami Makhlouf today. He is the guy that fills in across the board right now on the shows. Uh, Tim Allen will be filling in as well coming up next week. Rami has a couple more days off next week, so you'll get to hear the franchise. Tim Allen, who we haven't heard from in a while, will be back on the air next week uh, filling in. Looking forward to that. So I, I said earlier today on the big show that there were chants at the United Center in Chicago last night for MVP, MVP uh, for DeMar DeRozan while he was at the free throw line or whatever. And... I sat there as a Bucks fan, having Giannis on my favorite team, not having an interest really, Bulls or Kings. I mean, I was rooting for the Kings just because it's the Bulls and I don't like Chicago teams. Um, so I was rooting for the Kings, but I mean, whatever, right? I was there because a 15-year-old is a big Kings fan, so we took him for a birthday present. I'm thinking to myself, man, these people all really believe in their hard hearts that Marta Rosen should be the MVP over, say, Giannis. And I was like... You know, this is how it feels to be in a market where you don't have that dominant player. Now, DeMar DeRozan's balling out. 35 or more in his last seven games, shooting over 50%, broke Will Chamberlain's record or whatever the case was last night. So that's great. But realistically, it's still very hard to win at this level and win at this level without uh, a MVP top-end player type. Then I was listening to Bart Winkler this morning. And Bart was talking about, uh, yeah, I don't know if the team really even has a rival, the Bucks, and we've talked about that before, right? Uh, and obviously, I believe 
and I don't know what Sam Schmitz thinks, but I believe that the rival of this team is going to be the Miami Heat as long as Jimmy Butler and Eric Spolstra are with with the Miami Heat. That will be the team that will drive Milwaukee the craziest as far as wanting to beat them, the physicality in which they play with, the mouth running that there's going to be in that series between those two teams, especially with Tyler Hero playing well uh, playing well for them this year, Bam Adebayo uh, playing, you got Jimmy Butler doing his thing. They've got quite a bit. Kyle Lowry, and we know his deal with Toronto before when they beat the Bucks and went to the finals and won it with uh, with Kawhi Leonard, so you got that added uh, aspect to this. Plus, you know, I'm guessing they're going to be active here at some point uh, as well. Now they just get, signed a, a guy to the rest of your deal. Decided not to apparently go after uh, Dragic, which is fine with me because that that would not have been good for the Bucks either. Had that happened, but realistically, do we think that this is a year? To where a team without an MVP legit candidate can win a title in the NBA? Like, is this is this 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 the year where because Miami did it in the bubble? And obviously we see now that the Lakers never would have been able to win that thing. Had there not been a bubble, we see that they can't stay healthy. That bubble did more for the LA Lakers than any other team in basketball because it was able to get or keep, as Charles Barkley calls him, street clothes, Anthony Davis, uh, somewhat healthy and rested and fresh for the playoffs and put them in that position to win it. Obviously, now that that's not the case and Anthony Davis out for a couple more weeks, uh, they're, they're not going back. But MVP candidates right now, let's think about it for a second, right? Who are your MVP candidates? Giannis is an MVP candidate, Milwaukee. They're obviously going to have a chance. Joel Embiid with Philadelphia. That's going to depend on James Harden. Steph Curry uh, with Golden State. Leroy earlier you know, said he thinks they got a chance. I'm not there with him, but he thinks Golden State has a chance. John Morant uh, with Memphis. I guess you can maybe put him in that category. I can't put John Morant in that category personally, uh, but I know some will want to put John Morant maybe into the MVP conversation. I mean, those, those are probably the ones. And then after that, maybe you got a little Luka, uh, DeMar DeRozan, that second level. We're talking about just dominant players for the NBA this year. Are you telling me that this is going to be the year where one of these teams, kind of like the Pistons were back in the day with Rip and Chauncey and Ben Wallace and those guys, where they were able to put it all together and win without having that true MVP player on their team, is this going to be the year where it happens now where Miami maybe wins the East? Chicago? Again, DeRozan's that second tier, I think, for MVP. But DeRozan leading that team to where maybe they have enough good pieces to, to win the Eastern Conference? I thought they'd be a playoff team, the Bulls. I did. I thought, eh, probably around five or six seed is my guess to kind of where this whole thing would end up with the Bulls coming into the season. I didn't think they'd be at the top of the East. And I definitely didn't think DeMar DeRozan would be playing out of his mind right now. Now, the good thing, I think, is if you're a Bucks fan, a Sixers fan, a Nets fan, that odds are DeMar DeRozan will not be playing this well come the postseason. Odds are he's not going to string these many 35-point games together. He's feeling himself right now in the middle of the season, which hurts absolutely nobody in the playoffs by him getting hot now. Odds are he'll revert back to being DeMar DeRozan again. 
by the time they get to the playoffs. Just like I said about Pat Connaughton earlier in the Bucs season when everybody was loving Pat Connaughton. He reverted eventually back to being Pat Connaughton again from an offensive standpoint. Steph Curry got super hot, immortal, kind of falling back a little bit now, and you don't hear about him nearly as much anymore. From that perspective, when we talk about who wins this thing, I still think, maybe I'm nuts, I still think it's going to be one of the MVPs, one of those MVP guys. I still think it's going to be a Giannis team, a Durant team, uh, maybe it's a Steph Curry team. And even you take it a step further, there's not an MVP in Phoenix, right? I mean, is Chris Paul an MVP favorite? I don't think so. Booker, uh, DeAndre Aiden, I don't know if you have MVPs necessarily sitting on that team. A lot of really good players, but I don't think they have that guy at this point. For so many years, you talk about teams winning NBA champions, it's well, where's LeBron playing? Where's Michael playing? Well, we all know where Kobe was playing. That That's pretty much what it's been. Or Tim Duncan, right? That guy with two other great players in Parker and, and Ginobili that were you know, perennial all-star players year in and year out throughout their career. Very rarely do you see a team kind of put this together uh, and go win it without having that high-end, top three, top five player in the NBA. And I still don't know if it happens this year. Sam Schmitz, are you any more convinced than before that maybe one of these teams that don't have that high-end player might be able to get it done this year? It's Specifically right now looking at the East when we talk about uh, Miami and Chicago. No, I don't think so with Miami and Chicago. I think they can make things a little, especially with Miami, I think they can make things a little tougher for the Bucks, more so than previous years. But I still would take the Bucks over them. I think even with like Philadelphia and the Nets, people that do have star players, it's like when they traded for Harden, they swapped for Simmons. I think those teams got better, but the Bucks are still the you know top of the East, in my opinion. I don't know. I can't say that right now, as we sit today, that they're the top of the East in my mind, as we sit right now, because we don't know about Brooke Lopez. To me, that's a huge deal. That's one That's one issue that I have. The second issue I have is I don't like their depth at guard at all. George Hill hadn't been George Hill all year, and now he can't stay healthy. He's been out. Conson now out as well, uh, and he had that stretch where he was going offensively, and then he cooled off. So that's another guy that I can't count on necessarily for offense. I said it to Rami the other day, and I, I believe it, that – if they get Dragic and then Brooke Lopez comes back, then I agree, they're the team to beat in the NBA. But if they don't get Brooke Lopez back, Sam, I don't think they can win. I don't. I, I don't no, and I don't even know how far they'll get without Brooke Lopez. And when Rami and I talk about this, I've been I should have clarified before. I'm assuming that Brooke Lopez is gonna come back and, and beat play. Brooke Lopez. I wasn't that skeptical a couple days ago, but when I heard John Horace talk to the media a couple days ago, I mean the guy was very confident saying that Brooke Lopez will return and will play for us. I mean, if you're a GM you don't say that no. unless you really believe it. Normally, it's lower expectations, act like it may not happen. Then if it does, I'll be pleasantly surprised. Right. right? And the reason I, I put them at the top of the East is because they've dealt majority of the season before they got Ibaka or Monroe. They dealt without having a big man. They've still yes. been in the contention and all that. Bookie Cousins for a right. while. Yep. So the reason I put them at the top of the East compared to the Heat or the Nets or the Sixers, even when James Harden and Simmons do get to their respective teams, is like, the Bucs have dealt with all this adversity throughout the year, injuries, whatever it may be, 
and they're still right in contention. If everything gets healthy, it looked like it was about to all synchronize, and then sure enough, Grayson Allen and hip. Pat Connaughton get injured and stuff like that. Grayson now, Allen's had that hip issue for a while now. Yeah, now, I mean, George Hill's dealing with this neck injury, so who knows how long he's going to be, and now Wesley Matthews is sitting out last game. He hasn't been the same either. Yeah, if, doesn't it feel like ever since Christmas that Wes Matthews just, it's been a downward stock trend for him like he had a ever wall. since then? Yeah, yep. so that's why I'm kind of looking forward to DeAndre Bembry given a little competition for him, but I just put him at the top of the East because they've dealt with all this adversity throughout the season with injuries and people being out and not really having a big man. They're still doing what they're doing. And I think Giannis, as good as he is, he can make up for a lot of those issues. Now, come playoff time, like I said, if they don't have Brooke Lopez, then yeah, I think it opens the door for a lot of other teams in the East. But I'm just saying all this, assuming that Brooke can return and will return. Yeah, I mean, for me, you know, regular season doesn't mean much when you're the defending champ or you're expected to be great because nobody's game planning in the regular season. You're more or less game planning for yourself to do what you need to do, making sure you're doing what you need to do on defense, making sure you're doing what you need to do on offense. But you're not game planning to necessarily uh, beat the other team like you do in the regular season. Now, there may be some teams that game plan for you, like Spolstra. I'm sure Spolstra game plans to try and slow down Giannis and stop Giannis in the regular season, right? Because for whatever reason, that they, they seem to get up for that game. Fine. So that that might be. Uh, LeBron, another guy that always seems to want to get up and play at a high level whenever Giannis comes into, high, into town. Feels that way to me. A little bit more emotion and passion with LeBron when he plays in that game. Now, this last time, he knew they were cooked, and it, it was what it was. But for the most part, that's kind of what it feels like. Most times, not as much. I mean, I, I don't – maybe I'm wrong. Maybe Bud is game-planning for Philly tonight. I don't think so. And I don't think Philly is game-planning for the Bucks necessarily. Now, the 1v matchup of Embiid and Giannis and, you know, trying to contest each other's shots at the rim and trying to block each other and trying to updo, uh, upstage each other and that competitive fire that you have between those two, will that be on display? Probably. Yeah, I would think so. That's the other thing about the Bucks that – we were talking about yesterday is that they've dropped a couple silly games like losing to Detroit and all that, but when it matters most and a lot of these big games, they've been shorthanded. My thing on that is simple, Sam, right? Yeah, I mean, it's I the regular season, but it's a good thing to notice that like against Bro- against Golden State or when Brooklyn had Kevin Durant and James right. Harden that game, they may be shorthanded, but they still show up in these games. So, I mean, you talk about losing games to Detroit. And the no, I don't, I don't care about that stuff because they lost to Oklahoma City last year without Gilgis Alexander. Right. but It my, happens in the regular season. But my point is, right, and you compare it to baseball. It's like, look at the schedule. Oh, they're going to win two out of three there against the Pirates. Oh, they're going to win all three there against the Pirates or whatever the case may be. The season's so long. There's so much momentum change. There's so much with injuries and so forth and things we don't even know about throughout the season, and it's a long season. It's a grind for these guys, even though people that work day-to-day don't understand that. It is. It's a physical toll. It's a mental toll. There's a lot going on. So when they lose to some crappy team and people on Twitter are melting down because they lost to some crappy team, and oh, my God, they're never going to win the playoffs playing like this. Uh, Stop. Stop. Like Nobody in that locker room thinks like you do and freaks out over losing a game in December or January or February necessarily. Now, when we get closer to April, right, we get to about mid-March with about a month left in the season, okay, then I think now it's realistic to start going, okay, now let's see them start to figure things out, get healthy, and start to kind of get ready for the playoffs and kick into that gear. That's what you're hoping to see. And that was the one thing in the bubble 
I fell into the trap off, uh, was dead wrong. In the bubble, they looked horrible. And I just kept saying, ah, they'll be fine. They'll turn, they'll flip the switch, come the playoffs, and it'll be fine. And they got through the first round, sure. They couldn't flip it after that, and it was it was Cardinals uh, to the Miami Heat. So learn my lesson there. You're not just going to maybe flip it in the playoffs. So I think you look middle of March. Then let's start talking about just how good this basketball team can be. Coming up next, we'll check in with Don with Chillis. Journey House College Sports Show comes up tonight. Marquette, the big win uh, last night. Plus, Johnny Davis leads to the Badgers uh, to win uh, down in Indiana the other night. We'll talk to Don with Chillis about both of those teams coming up next here on Sparky's Midday Madness, presented to you by the Milwaukee Admirals. Welcome in. Sparky's Midday Madness, presented to you by the Milwaukee Admirals, affordable family fund, MilwaukeeAdmirals.com. We'll get John Greenberg on tomorrow, talk about their big wrestling night promotion uh, that they have coming up. A, a lot of cool dudes. And, and you know, I've been fortunate in my life to, back in, in the day, be the ladies' champion uh, for the Great Lakes Championship Wrestling back in the day and uh, held that title for a while until I got into a bad car accident and then... Mike Wicket uh, had to wrestle and lost the first match, and that was the end of it. Wicket. Always screwing things up, that Mike Wicket. All right, joining us now on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline, he is Don Wachillis, Journey House College Sports Show tonight. Him and Dan Underberg, back to their Thursday night time slot, 6 to 8. How are you doing, Mr. Wachillis? I am great, Sparky. Good to talk to you again, sir. Ah, yes, always fun. So, all right, so it, it was funny. I was... Uh, down in Chicago at the United Center last night watching Bulls Kings. And I had the opportunity uh, to go down courtside with a 15-year-old who was wearing a Sacramento Kings Jason Williams jersey and got to go talk to uh, Bill Wennington, uh, the radio play-by-play analyst who played for the Bulls. And I forgot, he played for the Kings, saw the jersey, said, ah, I played with Jason Williams. Um, So that was cool getting to talk to him. And then I talked to Chuck Swirsky, uh, who has been the radio voice of the Bulls now for a few years. Then before that, he was in Toronto with the Raptors with Insanity and all that. Uh, and Chuck Swirsky says, you know, hey, what's going on with Mar- how's How's Marquette doing? You know, what's going on with Marquette and Shaka? Uh, and I said, hey, man, Shaka. Shaka's the man, right? And he immediately goes, his response was, well, how many of those are his guys? And I said, tell me if I'm wrong, I said two, right? Elliot and Justin Lewis, that's it. The rest are all transfers in or Shaka recruits. Am I, am I right about that, or did I forget somebody? No, I think you're right, and I'm, I don't have it in front of me, so off, I'm going with this off the top of my head. Uh, with the exception of the two that we're thinking of, like Justin Lewis and Greg Elliott, as you noted, the rest are freshmen or came to Marquette through the transfer portal. Um, yeah, I think these are a lot of what Shaka Smart has brought to the program with in just just so, a couple of holdovers. So kind of, and I'm going to really stretch this a little bit, okay? So just hang with me. <laughs> okay. Really going to stretch it. You're going to be like, oh, stop. But really kind of, he's kind of pulling a Calipari or a Shashevsky at this moment in time. Because those programs get one and dones gone, redo the roster, one and dones gone, redo the roster, and are really having to start over every year. And in essence, that's essentially what kind of Shaka has come in and done. Kind of flipped an entire roster outside of two kids that weren't his to begin with and put everything together and built it to the point where they're going to be a tournament team. 
uh, with a whole roster full of new kids compared to, say, guard at Wisconsin who's had those kids in his program for a while. Sparky, it's funny you say that because last night as I'm watching the game and you're looking at how many freshmen, redshirt freshmen, redshirt sophomores, and a redshirt junior that are on the floor for Marquette, I kept thinking, A, a little bit of what you're saying, how the new blood has been acclimated to Marquette basketball, but B, because of the transfer portal, I kept thinking, how long are these guys going to stay? I'm hoping that they'll stay because with the youth that they have, the way they're playing, the way they're excelling, this is a team, if theoretically they could stay together over the next three or four years, oh my goodness, what it could be. But the landscape of college basketball and the landscape of college football now is so different. You don't know what the complexities are. So the fact that you now have a coach in Shaka Smart who can find a way to mesh this all together on short notice, I, he's acclimated his coaching style to what college basketball has now become. Do you think Shaka Smart could have done the same at Wisconsin? At the same at Wisconsin. As far as bringing in the talent, I'm going to say yes, because it goes to recruiting. If you can sell, you'll bring the kids in, and you have to have a bit of a salesperson persona about you in order to attract Like Bruce Pearl, Tom Crean. Yes. 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 Absolutely, to bring them in. So could he have done that at Wisconsin? I I believe he could. You know, it's funny. If you think about where Milwaukee was with Bruce Pearl and putting people in, well, now Panther Arena. Back then it was just the Mecca or whatever it was called back then. Putting people in there, having a city talking about that program day in and day out, him lobbying to play Marquette and Kareem ducking him and not wanting to play him, and all of that going on. And then since he's left, kind of how what's happened um, kind of over there, and Jeter did an okay job, obviously, and this year, obviously, they've had all kinds of issues uh, at Milwaukee, but that goes back to that salesman aspect. Not only does it work from a recruiting perspective, but it also works from getting a city um, and a alumni and fan support behind you rallying and kind of excited and to wanting to go watch your, your team play and so forth. I think nobody is a better example of that than what Bruce Pearl was and, and probably has been at every stop you know, he's been at, including at Tennessee, where it's all about women's basketball. Dude shows up at a women's basketball game for Pat Summon without a shirt on with his chest painted um, and, and trying to get everybody talking about men's basketball. Steve, you've been in and around various collegiate coaches on many different levels. Yep. All of these men and women know their X's and O's. You don't get to that level without knowing the game of basketball. Some better than others. Well, fair enough, but there's a definite level of ability when it comes to the X's and O's. Uh, Many a times, it's the charisma factor that puts them above some of their competitors, some of their colleagues, and it shows in recruiting, it shows in generating support, it shows in many different facets outside of the basketball court, so to speak, Because of their level of enthusiasm, their charisma, as I mentioned, they can definitely help put fans in the seats. They can sell the program. It's what makes the great great. 
And that's the crazy part about it. Talking with Donald Chillis, Journey House College Sports Show tonight. Him and Dan Underberg, 6-8. to eight, Always a fun listen. We'll hear what's coming up on that show in just a few minutes. Uh, when we talk about this Marquette team and they get past Georgetown, and I don't know what Patrick Ewing is doing over there, but he's got his hands full, I think, for the next couple of years. Um, so they get they get past Georgetown tonight. They don't have any ranked teams left on the schedule, so they can just kind of mosey their way on through here, just win the games they're supposed to win and end up with a decent seating. They don't have that guy necessarily. Yes, Justin Lewis uh, has looked to be that guy, but you look at Johnny Davis at Wisconsin and his ability uh, to take over from time to time. That Indiana game was ugly uh, at times and weird, especially the ending. That was really bizarre how that whole thing played out at the end with you know going to hustle to get the ball going out of bounds. They say out of bounds. Then they go to a replay to realize that he actually threw the ball back inbounds before the other foot stepped out of bounds. And then there was a discussion of that should, should that have been allowed to be replayed to begin with and all this nonsense. But still, Johnny Davis, and again, Brad Davison shot much better in that game too and helped finally. Uh, but Johnny Davis, one, one more time, showing why everybody thinks he's going to be a lottery pick in the NBA and kind of carrying that team on his back. Yeah, when you've got that one guy, the it person, so to speak, um, they can take over a game and Johnny Davis can definitely do that the last you know, the last stretch there from the video replay to the end of the game was all essentially Johnny Davis. And it's great to have one of those players on your team. You're going to need a supporting cast, but to have that alpha run the floor, take over when necessary, that's really what's helped Wisconsin get to where they are right now. What do you think of the big 10 this year? Obviously, you know, uh, the ACC may not be the ACC of years past. How good do you think no. this Big Ten conference is? Because coming in, everybody was saying it was, you know, maybe the best basketball conference or at least uh, in, in that conversation. Now that we have actually seen it, Michigan not being Michigan and so forth, Purdue was red hot to start the season. Now they've had their ups and downs a little bit here. Michigan State is Michigan State. Start like crap, finish strong. Uh, what do you think of the Big Ten? I think it's one of the better conferences. I don't know if it's the best conference, but it's definitely one of the better conferences in college basketball. And now suddenly with the emergence of Rutgers, thank goodness Rutgers beat Illinois yesterday because had they not beat Illinois, that made that loss on Sunday seem even worse. Yes. But the fact that they took down Illinois makes me feel a little bit better about that loss uh, over the weekend with them playing Wisconsin. And with that emergence, I just think from top to bottom, it has to be considered one of the better conferences. Whether it's the best, that's up for debate, but essentially one of the better conferences. Can you imagine if they actually get Rutgers to being a basketball program? Can you imagine what that means for you know other East Coast schools like Seton Hall and St. John's and stuff like that, as far as how that affects all that recruiting out there if, if they become legitimate? Steve, think about you know, a few years back when Rutgers and Maryland came into the Big Ten. And think about how many years it took really for Rutgers to get where they are right now. They were the doormat of the league. Well, they, they just wanted 30, Yeah, but points. they but they just wanted Maryland. They just they took Rutgers, but they wanted Maryland. That's what that was all about. Yeah. Well sure. And and they want that East Coast presence, right? Because it's all about the almighty dollar. So that East Coast presence is extremely important. But now you get a team like Rutgers that I won't say they're a powerhouse by no. any means, but at least they're competitive. And as long as they're competitive, that makes them relevant on the East Coast. And what does that do? It generates money, and it makes everybody in the front office 
very happy. Yeah, no question about it. Talking with Down with Chillis, our guy, Journey House College Sports Show, comes up uh, tonight. Uh, you do stuff with Concordia College as well, right? Uh, yeah, well, I'm teaching out there uh, along with the professor. Uh, doing doing some Dan uh, Underberg part-time work would be there. the professor, yeah. Don's co-host. Thank yes. you. I'm sorry. No, that's yeah, okay. My co-host. So we're we're doing some stuff out there and uh, getting to follow and and watch you know the basketball program there and MSOE and all over the place. So, all right, yeah, it's so been, it's been fun. Right, that's what I thought. So I just wanted to make sure. So made sure I understood that you were part over there. So this highlight here, Don sent me this, and I I wanted to play it back. So to set the scene, now, well, go ahead. Uh, Steve, let, let's correct. This is Concordia in Nebraska. Oh, in Nebraska, right. Okay, Concordia in Nebraska, correct. Yeah, right. It's, yes. It's Concordia in Nebraska. So it's Concordia, Nebraska. There's 15 seconds essentially left. There are three lead changes in 15 seconds. Concordia will take the lead. Then uh, Briar Cliff will come down. The kid it's a double clutch three at the top of the key with right. one second left. And that's there's where we pick it up from. Called. So now there's one second okay. left and they're on the opposite yes. end of the floor. And the kid's going to have to make a Christian Leitner type deal here, him and Hurley, uh, like Duke did back, uh, back in the day in order to get this done. And there's literally one second left on the clock. Here are the announcers for this game. It's amazing. And they will have to go the length of the floor here to win it. Carter Kent will throw it in. Baseball pass down there to Smith. Look at this. Look at this. Look at this. Look at this. The crowd goes wild. The game winner, chicken dinner. Length of the floor pass. Tristan Smith catches it and puts it in. I can't believe what just happened. Friedrich Arena is going crazy. Fans on the court. The Bulldogs have knocked down Briar Cliff. Chargers are shocked. So that pass was from one baseline pretty much to the other baseline. The kid caught it and literally was right by the backboard and just laid it in. It wasn't like yeah, later was, we had to turn around and take a jumper. Right, and he couldn't with one second. Right. So he had to elevate, catch, and basically just palm it up there and banked it off the window. And I, I'm sitting here listening to that play-by-play and just smiling. It's what I love most about this time of year as we make our way into tournament time because you know whether we're talking conference tournaments or the yeah. national tournament, we're going to see a number of those things see, take place. And that's just, to me, what makes college basketball fun. But, but, and I don't know if you and I have ever had a conversation about this. I don't like the tournament. I, I don't, I, I, I'm not an NCAA tournament guy, Don. Um, I think it's a horrible way to determine an actual true champion. I think it's great TV money. They'll never change it. They'll try and get as many programs into this thing as possible going forward. It's great entertainment value. You get people that don't care about college basketball all year long to finally give a crap one time during the year that they're maybe they can win in their office pool and all of that. I just don't like that on one given day that somebody can shoot lights out from three, shoot like 60, 65% from three, and take out a school that clearly would clean their clock on any other given day, and now they don't have a chance at a championship. I realize that you know playing series wouldn't be popular uh, in college basketball, but realistically, that's really the only way to get a true champion is make a playoffs where there's series being played. And you could do it in basketball. You can't do it in college football. I get it. But in college basketball, you certainly can. 
Um, and that would be something that I would love to see. It's just like college football. I'd love to see the national championship be a series of games versus a game. So once we have the two best teams there, say it's, uh, I don't know, pick whoever you want it to be. Say it's Alabama and Michigan uh, in the national championship. Make it best out of three. You play one weekend, then you play the next weekend. And if each have one win, you play the third game the following weekend. Uh, and ended that way versus just a one-game type deal where I think a lot of good basketball teams get upset by a lot of teams that wouldn't beat them nine out of ten times but got lucky once. No, and I agree with some aspects of what you just said, but I also know that at the end of the year, it's it's an end-of-the-year tournament. I, You know, we, we've put the term champion next to it because it's a tournament championship. National champion. I mean, Calipari gets paid. If they win it, he's a national championship. He gets a bonus. Well, and that's things that that have been worked out essentially because of TV, right? Because of the money that's involved, which is why it won't change. But if you just watch it from a tournament perspective, and again, you and I could probably have an argument about this for a while, but just from a tournament perspective, I, I just I don't think there's anything better. Again, it's never going away. People love it. I understand no. it. We'll watch it. We'll talk about it. I'll fill out my bracket like I do every year and so forth. I just don't think it's a good way to to, to truly find a champion at the end of the day uh, for what everybody did during the course of the year. Don, what do you got coming up tonight? Six to eight here on the fan. Well, obviously, we're going to talk Wisconsin. We're going to talk Marquette. We're starting to see all of the other uh, Division Three conferences in the state now getting ready for conference tournament time. And again, those uh, scenarios are changing because everybody's inviting everybody into the conference tournament based on scheduling and games missed right. due to health and safety protocols. So we'll be looking at that. And we're also going to look at some of the mock drafts that are out right now for the NFL and take a peek at where some of the Wisconsin players fall and some other of the top names that we've been watching all season long in college football, where they may be projected to go once we get into April. He is down with Chillis. Check him out tonight. Him and Dan Underberg, the professor, 6-8 to eight, here on The Fan, the Journey House College Sports Show. Thank you so much, Mr. Wachillis. Sparky, appreciate the time, sir. All good. Take care. There he is, Don Wachillis, on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. I'm applying for a home renovation loan as you're feeling anxious. Breathe. Great Midwest Bank help you experience a state of tranquility. Get started at greatmidwestbank.com today. Hey, have you ever thought about becoming your own boss? Now is the time. Become a successful transporter of expedited freight over uh, at Young Express. Now, listen, you're going to work with Young Express, not for Young Express. Big, big difference here, right? Looking for full-time independent contractors. All this means is you're going to drive for a living. You're going to go from point A to point B, pick stuff up, drop stuff off, call back to dispatch, and they'll tell you where to go next. Now, speaking of dispatch, they got 24-7 dispatch team, extremely dedicated, take it very personal to keep drivers moving. So if they don't get back to you right away to tell you where to go next and you're sitting in a city with nowhere to go for a couple of days, now you're losing money because now you're not making anybody if you're not driving and not making any money. You're not driving to pick up freight and drop off freight. So you need to keep moving. Otherwise, yeah, you're not going to make nearly as much. So at Young Express, you can go over the road. It means nationwide. You can go local. You can go regional. 
is the way to go. Start your new career today. Become a successful transporter of expedited freight. With minimal investment in your own vehicle, Young Express will provide you all the training necessary for you to become a successful transporter of expedited freight. Looking for full-time independent contractors? Join the Young Express team today. You can find them at youngexpress.com, J-U-N-G express.com. Young Express, success drives them. Sparky's Midday Madness on 1250 AM. The Fan presented to you by the Milwaukee Admirals. Check them out. Family fun. MilwaukeeAdmirals.com. Got some breaking Packers news for you. <laughs> You're going to want to hear this one. This, I got to say, I didn't see this coming. I did not see this coming. I don't think anybody called this one. So don't go anywhere. Let me tell you about Q Club of Wisconsin. No matter your favorite sport, the place to be for great food, fun, and playing your own favorite indoor games is Q Club of Wisconsin. Plenty of TVs to watch the games on while you play your favorite indoor games. And they're huge entertainment game room. Bocce ball, foosball, pool tables, darts, table tennis. Unbelievable. And then you can settle down and have some great food from loaded burgers, wraps, wings, plus their Wednesday and Friday fish fries piled up. <laughs> with all the extras. Visit their Facebook page or Q Club of WI.com for menu and weekend live entertainment updates. Q Club of Wisconsin, North Grandview Boulevard in Waukesha. Aaron Rodgers is back. It's not official though, but this is pretty close. There's a report out from Aaron Wilson uh, and I don't remember what happened, why he isn't at the Houston Chronicle anymore, but I thought something happened, but I don't remember exactly what it was. Uh, but now he's at Pro Football Network, right? 69,000 followers, the whole deal, right? It's it's a legit dude. Uh, tweets out, Green Bay Packers are expected to hire veteran assistant and former offensive coordinator Tom Clements as their new quarterbacks coach per league sources. Clements' addition is expected to be welcomed highly by quarterback Aaron Rodgers as he contemplates his future. Come on, y'all. Come on. Tom Clements is back. Aaron Rodgers is back. There's no, there is no reason you bring Tom Clements in unless you have Aaron Rodgers back. You had an open position. I'm sure Aaron Rodgers is like, look here. I want somebody that I know, somebody that I'm good with, somebody that knows me. I want my guy Tom Clements back in the building. Now, remember, if memory's fading a little bit for you. Tom Clements is Rodgers' guy. Rodgers has given far more credit to Tom Clements in his career than he ever gave to Mike McCarthy for how good Aaron Rodgers has become. It's because of Tom Clements. Tom Clements is the same dude who had play calling at the beginning of one season. And then, just a handful of games in, Mike McCarthy said, yeah, this isn't working. I'll take that back from you. And then after the season, Tom Clements was gone. That was the end of that. Now Tom Clements is back. It's done. Stop. We don't even have to worry about this anymore. Done. I'm bringing Tom Clements in for any other reason other than Aaron Rodgers said, I need Tom Clements. They said, okay, no problem. We got you. All right. So now the question really is, okay, so if Rodgers is back, what now does this mean for Devontae Adams and how are they going to make this all work? I'm not bringing, I am, me personally, if I'm Mark Murphy and Russ Ball and these guys, I'm not signing Tom Clements if I don't have assurance that Aaron Rodgers is signing. Or if he hasn't signed already. No, it's not happening. Not giving your guy a job unless you're in. Are you in or are you not? If you're in, deal. If you don't know yet, then we're going to wait. Tom Clements. All right. So, those of you that wanted Rogers gone, it doesn't appear that's happening. Not if you're hiring Tom Clements.
So you could say I'm overreacting, Sparky, you don't know. Maybe Rodgers still leaves. Maybe he does. And the Packers are a bunch of fools. If they hired this dude just cause, regardless of what Rodgers thinks, then you're all you're they're nuts. They're all nuts. Like it doesn't make any sense. If you look at what he's used, LaFleur, they're all young dudes. They're all young dudes that LaFleur has had, other than Basaccia, who they just brought in. Other than him, the rest of these cats, younger guys. On the offensive side, they're all younger guys. They roll around with a bunch of gray hairs. And now he brings in Tom Clements out of the blue? Come on. Get out of here. Now, this is about Aaron Rodgers, and Aaron Rodgers coming back. Mike the Painter, you're next on Sparky's Midday Madness, presented by the Milwaukee Admirals. What's up, Mike? Hey, and I think this will help out uh, Love, too. If you think Tom Clements is a good coach, sure. Yep, I think this and this will help him out in the long run, too, and I think that's why he'll stay, too. I think this is going to help out the whole quarterback room. This uh, is awesome. All right, that's thanks good. thanks for the call. Yep. This is the other thing. See, Mike, thank you. This is the other thing about this. Aaron? Tom Clement, so good. He's helped me so much in my career. Never want to throw any love to McCarthy through that whole thing. Fine. Okay, good. And I'm sure this was Aaron, too, selling LaFleur on. Hey, man, coach me up. Maybe who I am. He can help Jordan Love, too. So don't look at it as you're bringing him in necessarily just for me. You know, it's also he can develop Jordan Love. Trust me, Matt. We're boys. I make fun of your eyebrows. We're boys. He can help Jordan, too. So let's bring him in. He can help develop Jordan. And I get one of my guys back in the building like I got Randall Cobb. Now I can get my coach back in the building, too. Aaron Rodgers is running the show still. Nothing's changed. They're not letting Aaron Rodgers run the show if Aaron Rodgers isn't coming back. That's it. Done. Sam, do you view this any differently than me that this is done? He's back. Yeah, I mean, how can it not? It's nostalgia at its finest. Yes, he's back. That's it. Done. Now, I don't know how long the deal's going to be. I don't know the contract length. I'm just using common sense and putting this all together. That is the most obvious thing ever to say that Aaron Rodgers is coming back. So now we just have to wait and see what the money looks like and then how that affects Devontae Adams and whether or not they can get Devontae Adams back. And Rodgers has said previously that he wants to make sure that this affects Devontae Adams too. So my guess is, now this is a complete guess. This has nothing to do with Clemens. My guess is if Rodgers is back, they're probably bringing Devontae Adams back too. What the money looks like for both, I don't know. Do you know what would really make me feel good? If he really took a pay cut. If he just said, do you know what? Y'all want to offer me 45, and y'all offered me 45, I'm going to play for 25. 25 a year. And we're going to add voidable years, so we're going to push more of that money out. So the cap number this year will only be, mm, whatever, $12 million or whatever. And I'm really going to put it all down the line or whatever the case may be, in the next couple of years, we're really going to be able to get a couple of free agents in here that push us over the top. I would love that. Love it, love it, love it, love it, love it. It would be amazing. Because all these talking heads on TV would have nothing to say about it. It would be done. Packer fans would have nothing to say if he did that. Like, everybody would just have to say, oh, we were wrong. He's not as selfish as everybody thought he was. It's not all about Aaron all the time. Like, that, that would be it. That would be amazing. Now again, I can be mad if he doesn't do it, but that would just be just phenomenal if he actually did it. 
right, take a quick time out. Toby Altizer is here. Can't wait to hear what he thinks about Tom Clemens coming in. And we'll see what's coming up on the Rami show as he fills in today for Rami. That's all up next here on Sparky's Midday Madness, presented by the Milwaukee Admirals. Welcome in. Sparky's Midday Madness on 1250 AM. The fan just telling Toby how stupid I am uh, in the break. Screwing up a whole bunch of stuff uh, earlier today for Bart, so I apologize to Bart Winkler for that. Uh, Toby Altizer in. He's filling in for Rami Makloff, uh, who is off today. Well, actually, he's not really off, per se. Uh, he actually is doing the evening show on 670 The Score tonight from 7 till 10. So if you want to hear Rami talking Chicago sports, I guess you kind of hear it on the station, too. But uh, on 670 The Score, he's on tonight from 7 until uh, 10 o'clock tonight. Toby Altizer, I'm going to ask you the same thing I just brought up to Sam. Tom Clemens back in the building, according to a report, as quarterbacks coach after he was the guy that Rodgers gave all the praise to, and he was the one that developed him. It was all Tom Clemens, never gave credit to McCarthy. He was the one they let call plays instead of McCarthy for a handful of games, and McCarthy took it back, and then Tom Clemens was gone. Now back in the house as a quarterbacks coach, and I said that this clearly means 12 is back because there's no other reason you do it. Yeah, I mean, it. it just makes it even more sure. I was pretty sure that Rodgers was going to be back. They've already said they want him back. I felt, I mean, some people are reading into it as a play and different things. I thought he was going to come back. You bring this, it just kind of reaffirms that Oh yeah, I think Rodgers is coming back. I think they, they understand that their best chance to win a Super Bowl. And I get that some people are frustrated because it might mortgage the future for the Packers. But as an organization, you got to take the chance when you still got it with a guy like Aaron Rodgers, and that's what they're doing. That's exactly right. You have to take the chance while you still have it. And that is, that's I, to me, is I think one of the bigger things. What do you got coming up on today's show, Mr. Altezer? Yeah, I mean, we've talked a lot about Rodgers. I think I want to talk about the other things going on with the Packers. So we're going to talk about outside of Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams, what should be the Packers' top priority. We'll also talk about. One person tweeted out about the MLB's playoff format. I'm not sure if I believe it or not, but we'll talk about that. I saw that. Just complain I about don't baseball. Trust that. We'll just complain about baseball. Why not? And then we'll talk about the seating in the Eastern Conference. Does it actually matter for the Milwaukee Bucks? Because, you know, I listened to you and Sam earlier talking about some of the teams, and you think the Nets are a legitimate contender, and they are, but they're eighth right now in the Eastern Conference. Yep. So I don't know if seating actually matters as much as we're making it out to be. So but, we'll talk about all those things. But hold on. Let's talk about the Nets. Since, since you're on the Nets, if the Nets are the road team... Yeah, I think they want the road team. Right. Because you get Kyrie mm-hmm. for more games if it goes seven. You get Kyrie in game seven. If the Nets are the home team, they don't get Kyrie for game seven. That, that's a big, big deal right now. And you know, we talk about Ben Simmons. I'm not a big Ben Simmons guy. I never have I been. do like Ben Simmons. Uh, I'm not. I, I think... And you're going to get mad at me when I say this. I've said it before. I think he's just a, another version of Draymond to a certain degree. Like he's a great role player um, that can because he's not a point guard. I don't care what he says. Uh, you know, fits more in that forward mold that can facilitate an offense mm-hmm. that can give you a, a occasional scoring to go along with it. And that I feel like is what he is. Now he's not as physical, better in transition obviously than Draymond is, but that's kind of what I feel like he is. Like I don't think. You'll ever see him lead the league in scoring or anything like that. No. He's going to be a stat filler. He's going to get boards. He's going to get assists. He's going to score, you know, 17 to 20 points or whatever the case may be. But he's got to be surrounded by the right guys in order to make that work. To me, of that deal, I think the biggest difference maker is going to be Curry. Oh, I agree. Because if he's hitting shots in the playoffs, that helps out Durant and Simmons a great deal. 
Well, and people are forgetting the reason that they put this team together in Brooklyn was Kyrie and Kevin Durant. It wasn't James Harden. He was just kind of along for the ride when he became available last season. Right. It's not like he was part of the original plan. So them getting a guy like Ben Simmons out of it, and then obviously Seth Curry and Drummond, those guys, I think you know, they, they improve their depth, and then they're back to kind of where they started, where they're still going to be running with KD and Kyrie, assuming Kyrie's able to play more than just – but who knows? I mean, it – I know Adam Silver was talking about it the other day. He's hoping that maybe he can start playing, so maybe Adam Silver okay, pulls some so, strings. Okay, so I don't Ad- know what's going to happen. Yeah, 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 yeah. Adam Silver. Okay, so let's talk about that for a second. That dude is talking about, well, why do the visitors get to play uh, in the arena, but the home team doesn't get to have their guy play? You know what you're going to do? You're going to create yourself a big old mess. Because now you know what's going to – mark my words. They're going to come out and go, you know what, Commissioner? You're right. I need proof of vaccination for every road team coming in here now, too. You know, that's going to open up a bunch of these dudes that aren't vaccinated that we don't know about is now going to get called in the carpet and say, sorry, it's the playoffs. We're not letting you play. Mm-hmm. And watch it change the dynamic. Because if I'm the Nets, I'm I'm checking my intel to see who on the Bucks isn't vaccinated that we can take out of a series. Who on Miami isn't vaccinated that we can take out of a series? Yeah. If I'm the Nets, that's what I'm doing. It could be the exact opposite of the NFL playoffs. COVID disappeared for the NFL playoffs. Yep. Maybe it's going to reappear for the NBA playoffs. I'm telling you, it. I would use it to, as a strategy because Kyrie's the only one on their team. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, we would have heard about other guys. So they only got one guy. But if I find out Miami's got three well, or they- the Bucks got two or three, you're right. You're right, Commissioner. From now on, visitors also have to be vaccinated to play here. Sorry. It's true. Kyrie barely, barely played for him anyway. Right. So. Watch Silver lose his mind when all of a sudden now even more players aren't playing in that arena going forward. Because to me, that actually helps Brooklyn. They can take out a couple key place pieces because they get the benefit of playing without a guy. So they know what their offense looks like with or without. Playoff time, you haven't played without these guys mm-hmm. consistently, and now you do. And then you got to add them back in in the next game and then take them out, put them back in. That's a huge advantage. Well, and you saw last year, Kevin Durant can carry a team in the playoffs almost to a series victory himself. No doubt. Yep, outside of that toe. Uh, All right, what else you got coming up? Anything else? Uh, We'll talk a little bit about uh, some draft mockery, some pick a lane. Ooh, that's be fun. Maybe we'll get into uh, Rodgers and Shaley and who knows. Who's doing draft mockery today? This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.